0: Adoption and expensive, two words that do not always belong together. There are 120,000 children in the United States that are waiting for a forever family, and adopting through this option is extremely affordable. I'm Marcy Bursack, an adoptive mom of a sibling pair, and also the author of The Forgotten Adoption Option. Twice monthly, I will interview people like adoptive parents and adopted children who've been touched by foster care adoption. My goal is to find more forever families and increase awareness about foster care adoption because if it were you or me, we would want someone to do this for us. Welcome to the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast. Today I'm going to interview an adoptive parent who also happens to be my husband. So I have Nathan Bursak here. Hi, Nathan.
1: Hello, Marcy. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's really awesome to be here.
0: You're the first guest.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: So Nathan, by day career-wise, you teach elementary kids how to make cool stuff in the art classroom. But at night, you have this interesting thing that you do too.
1: Yes, I do commission uh, painting for miniature games like Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder. Um, I also sell models to people that are also interested in hobby painting.
0: So for those that are listening that might have no idea what this is, we're talking like a two to three inch little person. They're, they're your little friends and you paint them, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's right. It's usually fantasy type uh, figures like dragons and knights and sometimes the occasional robot.
0: That's so fun. So Nathan, the point of this podcast is really to have more conversations about foster care adoption because we know that the kids that are waiting for Forever Families don't get enough light. So we're going to shed some light on that by by talking about the process and talking about what it's like to have gone through that process. So I'd love to hear from you. You know, you're a teacher, And I got to work in this committee of social workers to help recruit other foster and adoptive families. And one thing they anecdotally would say is, well, people in helper professions like healthcare workers or teachers, they're more likely to adopt. Why do you think that is?
1: Uh, My best guess would be because their heart is already open to helping people that are in need. At least that's what makes sense in my head. So I know personally um my own story that's in the that's in the book The Forgotten Adoption option uh is about my uh my grandfather on my father's side uh my grandpa Sam he was orphaned at a very young age uh, his grandparents died of pneumonia and uh he was about 7 years old and there wasn't really a plan for him Uh, or his siblings, Uh, for his siblings, they were a few years older than him. They uh, ended up getting taken in by the community that they were living in in St. Louis. My grandfather was younger and apparently a handful and he didn't get uh, adopted or taken in. Um, He had told me stories about how he would go door to door and beg for food and. Sometimes uh all he would have to eat is just some saltine crackers. Um sometimes he had a bed, sometimes he had a couch. Uh sometimes he slept outside on the street. Uh it was not the best of childhoods. So for connecting him.
0: the dots, are you thinking that maybe the people that were more generous to him were people that were had a heart that was more helping?
1: I I, I would like to think so. I would like to think that they had some some of that spirit inside of them.
0: That's really interesting. So Nathan, when we started our foster care adoption process, we'd spent like five years learning about adoption and what felt like getting nowhere <laughs> to to know how to even do this. And then we we get the papers, this application that's like two pages double-sided, and I was so ready to dive in, and you weren't. And so I want to talk about that because there are – different kinds of people and different ways to react to things. And I did some research and I found a HuffPost article that talked about the common reasons of why people don't pursue foster care adoption. And so some of the things that were like the top five were because of the paperwork and training, because they felt like they would be judged. They felt they wouldn't have any rights. The fourth is knowing that their strength and character would be tested. And the fifth one, which I think is huge, is knowing that their heart could be broken So you were kind of like reluctant to get started. So can you talk about what was under that for you? Like what was hard to start that ball rolling for you?
1: Well, to be perfectly honest, there uh, was a bit of selfishness in that because I kind of liked my lifestyle that I was living at the time.
0: And what was that lifestyle like?
1: Uh, Being married and not having children. Getting to do things and not have to worry about picking kids up from school or taking them to an activity or dealing with school drama or any of those kinds of things that come along with being a parent. Uh, I kind of just liked being a husband and dog owner. Uh, So there was that part of it. So that selfishness had to kind of be put aside. But I, I, I did have some my own personal wounds of growing up and dealing with uh, my own childhood and what that looked like and my own relationship with my parents and what that looked like and um, I didn't know if I was going to be a uh, good parent and that was kind of one of my fears.
0: I don't think we've ever talked about this
1: well, it's good for an interview. <laughs> it's
0: it's healthy, I think, to kind of think through like what what was under that, um, which is helping me because I'm thinking in the time, in the moment, I wasn't sure what was making you want to be slow about it, except for usually the cautious one. I tend to be like, let's go. And you're like, let's sleep on it. And so I kind of thought it was more of that, but there there definitely is more under that. So I appreciate you sharing what, you were feeling at the time so kind of building on that you know our our adoption journey we were told this is a four-month journey your kids are so near being legally free to be adopted and it took 18 months so the journey was a lot longer and so can you talk about a few examples of kind of the most difficult parts for you during that 18 months
1: well um part of it was because the children were still in the foster process fostering process we had to keep doing uh, parental visits and that was difficult because you would work with the children our children we'd we'd work with them and set up a routine and rules and you know eating habits school all of these things that a parent would do and we would go and do the, the visit with the bio family and we would end up taking two steps backwards. And it was just very, it was frustrating for me because we had to drive clear across the state. It was like a five hour drive one way. Usually, you know, spend an entire weekend, uh, doing what it what we're supposed to do as foster parents or like having the visits and everything but deep down I knew that the children shouldn't be going back they shouldn't be going to see their bio family because they weren't making the right type of progress that they needed to do to have their children come back and I I felt selfishly that it wasn't doing it was doing more harm than good and I really wanted to get the process moving so that we could uh, have the children um, go through adopt go through the adoption process and um, we could be more than just a foster family we would be their forever family
0: because we really had signed up To be their pre-adoptive home. So there are people just to do a little like foster care adoption education. There's three ways to adopt through foster care. First way is you become a foster parent and the child or children that you care for may or may not eventually need to be adopted. And that happens to some people. That's not our story. The second path is what we did, which was you are asked to care for children. You get licensed to adopt You go through foster care training, too. You get asked to care for children that are nearing being legally free to be adopted. And you walk through that journey, but there's no guarantee that you'll get to adopt them. Mm -hmm. And then the third way, which I talk about in my book, The Forgotten Adoption Option, is you go on adoptuskids.org. You find kids that have been waiting and praying for a forever family. And you can just straight adopt children and not go through the kind of in-between stage that we were in or even that first option so um it's interesting right that we had to follow the process of foster care even
1: though that wasn't our original plan but
0: that's what our kid. yeah we had, to follow, the we had to
1: follow the process
0: yeah is there anything else that you remember being really difficult
1: I think the adjustment from going from no children to having two children and those uh first several months learning the children's habits and personalities and what works and what doesn't work um so the, the, those were challenges and I and we just it was just something we had to work through over time and um, I think it made made our bond as a family stronger because we didn't give up.
0: We worked through all of that. What do you think has been, for your personal perspective and opinion, the most rewarding parts of adopting a sibling set? And a sibling set means two or more children who are together in this journey. And that's what we did. We did two kiddos.
1: Um, I think one of the best parts about it are all the firsts you get to have. Um, and I've thought about this before is that while I wasn't there for the children's first birthday or their first word or, um, learning how to walk for the first time, I was there for a lot of other firsts, um, that are still very meaningful. Um, like the, uh, getting to go on a vacation together, getting to go to, you know, see a birthday party, going first day of kindergarten, first day of first grade, first day of second grade, um, getting to go fishing for the first time, being there for them to catch their first fish. Uh, all those all those other kinds of firsts that we uh kind of overlook maybe because we focus too much on first words, first steps, First birthdays. There's a lot of other firsts that are still ahead. Even 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 as your children get older, you're still gonna have you know. First time they drive the car, um, you know first dance. Uh, of competitions, going to a tournament, all those kinds of firsts that people might forget about.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting, right? Because I know that I don't know our children's first word or how old they were when yeah. they first crawled or walked and those kinds of things. And I've had to like accept that.
1: I One thing that I was very proud of is that our children really learned how to tie their shoes at a young age. And I, for some reason, like that was really meaningful to me was teaching them how to tie their shoes and then figuring that out. And I, I and I'm, I'm, I still see it because I work with uh, elementary age children, um, and i learning—those uh, kids learning how to tie their shoes, and it always reminds me of my own children and what that was like.
0: It's hard. I'm also really proud that our kids know how to chew with their lips together.
1: Yeah. And, and then and packing their lunches. Uh, they've been packing their lunches since they were in kindergarten, with a little bit of help, of And our course. kids
0: are now in 4th and 5th grade, Right, context right. To that.
1: But I, I always thought that was neat. There was a bit of responsibility.
0: Okay, so playfully, I put this in here to ask you. I thought this would be fun. Don't read the notes. So if we did this again, I know that when we had talked about doing a sibling set and we were trying to decide the number of kids, you wanted to go smaller. And I was like, but I come from a big family – and I think we jokingly, I jokingly talked about doing this for like 8, 10, or 12 kids. And your eyes are getting really big as i am been mentioning it. And I remember you saying something like, we don't have a place to park the bus, Mercy. And so I'm wondering if we did this again, would you be open to a bigger sibling set? No. Why no. not? Because <sighs> there are some people that are thinking, I would only want to do one kid, are probably thinking we're crazy for doing two. And I know we have friends that have adopted four, we have friends that have adopted six, and we have friends that have adopted much larger groups than we have. Yep. So what's behind your no?
1: It takes a special person to want to open their home to six, four, six children. Um, I was very, I, I, I was really happy with one I, yeah, you wanted to do just think, one, <laughs>
0: and I said no. I we should
1: do part of me again, and i I'll, I just wanted to really be able to pour myself into like one child and really, you know, help develop that child and 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 two and maybe, and, I don't know if I could have handled doing like five or six because um, sometimes when I'm teaching, and and I try and try and you know as best as I can try and make when i have those students i try and make their day give them compliments and and coach them through their projects and things like that and and i think to myself like if i had five or six children how would i make each kid feel real special every day because it it, it's it i think it's it's hard enough with just two like and and so i i want to a future question. That's, I'll that's I'll have to it.
0: invite on an adoptive parent of yeah. a larger sibling, and maybe I, but I'll ask that. Yeah,
1: I think they could give you a better perspective than maybe I can.
0: Yeah, it just sounds like you didn't feel like you could handle.
1: And and I do come from a smaller family. So and by maybe, smaller,
0: it's it's you and then a sister that's over ten years older. Yeah. Whereas and, I have three parents. siblings.
1: Yeah. And so my, really my household was much more quiet. <laughs>
0: than what mine was. And our our household tends to be more quiet as a result of you growing up that way. Okay, Nathan, so as we wrap up, can you share, and this is like another vulnerable question, and I love that you're just sharing things, some of the things we haven't even talked about before, but how do you think you've grown as a person by becoming a parent, by becoming a parent through foster care adoption? Like, talk about that.
1: Um... I can remember talking to a teacher and he became a father later in life. And I asked him about what it was like to be a father. And he told me that it has made him a better man. And it didn't make much sense to me at the time But now that I have children of my own, I understand what that actually means. And it's helped me be a better man because I think of my children more than myself and how much I want to provide for them and see them succeed and see them grow up and be successful. It really gives you a deeper sense of purpose that I didn't think I would, uh, I couldn't understand without having children. And going through foster care, I I think for me, it gives, uh, gives some kids a chance to succeed where they might not have ever been able to um, because they're with a forever family that loves and cares about them, that wants to see their needs met, that uh, wants to celebrate their successes and um and fight for them
0: so you feel like you've grown in kind of your purpose and and expressing your love and care
1: yeah it it i it really it makes me feel um I think, deep down, as a man, you want to be a hero. You want to be a hero to your wife. You want to be a hero to your children. And um, as, a, as a Christian, I want to be able to you know, have that purpose and know that my children have a protector. Um, they have a provider. They have someone to look up to and i i want to i take that very seriously
0: it makes sense maybe this reminds me you know as just kind of sitting here talking about these questions you know the whole why why did the book get written down is because you and i have had countless people in our home that we've been able to talk through these kinds of questions and so much more and um i hope that whoever's listening and has questions, you know, if they have additional questions, they can certainly drop those on any of the social platforms, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, you can drop it on my website and be anonymous and, uh, just want to open that door for people. Um, cause the whole goal of this is, is about kids finding forever families. And Nathan, you've been saying since the beginning that, you know, if one kid finds a family because of this, everything, Is totally worth it. So this is great. I appreciate you launching out with me. And I also just want to give a little shout out. So you have an Etsy shop. And if people have some 3D printing needs, because I know a friend of mine recently reached out to you. So there might be other people that would like to get you to print something for them or paint something. So where can they find you?
1: Uh, Well, you can go to Etsy and you can look up Nerd Bunker Minis. Uh that's my Etsy store. I'm also on Instagram. I'm Nerdbunker Minis on Instagram. So you can look at look, look You've me up there. You got some pretty
0: cool photos. Do you take those yourself?
1: I do take the photos myself and I try and document some of the painting commissions that I do and um so I've gotten to do some really interesting projects over the couple of years that i've been doing it and so it's a fun little hobby on the side to do well
0: nathan thanks for going with me down this path on of becoming parents through foster care adoption and thanks also for being my very first guest
1: well thank you so much marcy it's been awesome to talk with you and i hope i hope it uh, continues to grow
0: me too here's to finding more forever families As a listener of the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast, you are helping raise awareness about foster care adoption and the 120,000 children who are waiting for a forever family. You can also help raise awareness by leaving a review, subscribing, sharing, talking about, and liking this podcast. If you'd like more information on adopting a child or sibling set through the foster care system, visit my website. Forgottenadoptionoption.com. There you will find out how to get started, and you can even order a copy of my book, The Forgotten Adoption Option, which will guide you through the entire process, and it is available in paperback, audio, and ebook. I welcome you to reach out with questions, comments, and your own story. I would love to hear if you're signing up for training or where you are in the adoption process. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Marcy Bursack. Thank you for tuning in, caring, and sharing. Because every child deserves a family.